Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mark from the Grease and Glamour podcast, joined by my co-host, Aaron Kane. And this is the Grease and Glamour podcast brought to you by Universal Imports of Rochester, Universal Imports at universalimports.com. Universal Imports is the only name you need to know in car repairs. Uh, and for the Grease and Glamour podcast, please um, check us out on any of the platforms where you can find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and the like. And uh, make sure you subscribe and tell a friend, please. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're continuing to grow this podcast and we are, do you know how many episodes we're at? 30 something. I'm going to go with the 30 something. 34. I officially looked it up. We are at 34 episodes okay. of the Grease and Glamour podcast. Wow. It doesn't seem like, I mean, it seems like we've done a lot, but it doesn't seem, you know what I mean? That oh, it's 34 going, seems hard to believe. <laughs> it's a year and a half almost. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've had some great interviews. We've interviewed uh, Mario Andretti. Mm-hmm. Uh, executives at Interstate Battery, Carfax. Um, we've had police uh, investigators and championship boxer. So we've had a lot of really cool podcasts. We're going to bring a whole bunch more cool podcasts to you. But today we thought we would talk about what is probably still, for the most part, on everybody's mind, and that is the new world order in which we're living in this pandemic, if you will. Uh, this crisis that we're in, how is the world going to look as we start to reopen? Um, we have done a couple podcasts already, uh, one of which was a Facebook Live, and that went pretty well. Uh, it's a little cumbersome to pull off the production of a Facebook Live. Yeah, so I think I don't, it went okay, though. <laughs> not bad. No. Um, and then we did a video version, a 10 times 10 times 10, 10 by 3, uh, 10 questions. 10 answers in 10 minutes in 10 minutes, which actually took like 12 minutes, but it's close enough. <laughs> 10 by 10 by 12 doesn't sounds like, <laughs> sounds like uh, something you find at home Depot. <laughs> so, um, but we have, uh, we addressed early on, um, kind of how we were going into this crisis and how we were handling things as a business and how other businesses should be handling themselves going into the COVID-19 crisis. And then we had a podcast where we talked about um, sort of what was going on in the midst of the crisis. And then we did uh, that 10 times three, which was about cleaning your car at home. So you can check all those out. They're all on the podcast. And now we are fortunately, at least at the very least, starting to talk about the reopening kind of what's the world going to look like now. Um, and maybe some things that uh, people should consider doing in what I, what I'm saying is the new world order. <laughs> um, and one of those things is like it's all it's a lot of internet stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get to some car stuff here in a minute, but uh, there's a lot of internet things. You know, you were talking to me about like uh, different scams that that you've seen come coming around. Yeah, well, now with everything, I mean, so much of our uh, daily lives is, is done online. I mean, we're doing our shopping online. Um, you know, we're doing more stuff than we would have, um, previously. So with that, um, has been coming more and more scams. So, you know, hackers have been increasing in the ways that they've been getting out there. There's been more phishing scams. Um, especially when we get all these emails from bigger companies, when it comes to, you know, they're sending out their, 
um, coronavirus um, response. So there's been a, a ton of kind of these these scams that have been going on, which is unfortunate, but it comes along with right. um, all this new internet business that's going and on. And we like are trying to figure out, okay, so how do people navigate through uh, not you know, getting roped into those scams and, and those types of internet type of things. And, you know, what I was thinking about was, well, first of all, there's a lot of really cool companies out there that are helping people with that scamming. Mm -hmm. By the way, you know, some of these scams are not, not that blatant. You know, you would think that most people are savvy enough to, to look the other way or know when there is a scam present, but you know, some of the scams are, are really, maybe not even considered scams so much as just things that you need to be vigilant for and look out for. For example, if you uh, are buying a service online, so let's say it's an app in an app store or, or any type of service that you're buying online, there's going to be this terms and terms and conditions. Uh, it's, you know, going to scroll down for five or six pages of all this little um, legal jargon of, uh, of what they're, what, what they're saying you are authorizing them to do. And a lot of that is selling your information to third party sources. And um, so most people are not going to read that much when it comes to something as small as, you know, signing up for this service or, or buying something online. So what my suggestion is there is simply whatever, whether you're buying a product, whether you're buying a service or or subscribing to a website or to an app is open a new web browser and type in the name of that company or product and do some sort of independent of what that site says. Do your own due diligence in looking at reviews. Check the Better Business Bureau. See if they pop up in the Better Business Bureau, if they have any complaints against against them. Uh, Google is great for checking out reviews, seeing if, if people are saying, you know, for example, I ordered something online, you know, three months ago and it still hasn't, hasn't yeah, made look, it here look, yet. <laughs> look at how long the shipping would, <clears throat> right. would take too. Right. So, uh, checking out the, those types of things, uh, reviews and that kind of thing will help. Um, another thing is, and this is something that I'm, I've fall, I have fallen victim to <laughs> so many times and, and I still do. So I need to make sure I follow my own advice here, but when you, buy a service online. So whether it's, um, a, an app that you're purchasing and it, it's a couple dollars or, or like for, for example, I love the Adobe product suite. So Adobe stock and, a, um, premiere and all these things. Well, these are services that are reoccurring monthly charges. Same with something like an Apple TV or Amazon prime or, or any of these services that you'll be paying a monthly fee for. Well, you know, after a while, it's hard to remember what you signed up for and what you didn't. What did you sign up for a free a free trial and still have to put in, say, a credit card that would then run after the free trial? And how do you keep all that stuff straight? Well, here's my advice. The first thing to do is if you're running an iOS device, so an iPhone, something like that, or, or even on a Droid, go into the settings. So on an iPhone, let's say go into iTunes, go into settings. There's actually, you can go into subscriptions and the same thing is true on a droid. Go into the subscriptions and you can see what apps you're currently paying for. That's the first way to find out what you're paying for and get rid of things that you're not using anymore. The other thing you can do is there are online 
companies that specialize in finding out where your uh, credit is getting hit on different, uh, or not credit, I should say, but where your bank accounts or whatever is getting hit on certain apps that are reoccurring charges, and you can and you can check that. You can do the old-fashioned way, check your bank account mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. When you're, my advice would be when you're signing up for one of these services, right away, open your Reminders app and set it to whatever the expiration of the free trial is. Set it a couple days before to remind you to cancel it. And then set it a second reminder for, say, 30 days out that if you decide to go with a one month of paying for it, that in 30 days it's going to remind you and go, hey, you liking this thing? If you are, great. Don't do anything. If you hate it, um, get rid of it. Yeah. Well, along with that, like if you're making um, app purchases with your credit card, a good thing to do would be to create an email address that would be just separate for purchases. Something different than you normally exactly, have. Exactly. Because so I was reading that, um, you know, people have been getting scammed in that um, their email addresses have been hacked. And so the email addresses have been attached to like PayPal accounts. Mm. So then hackers go in, they have information on their PayPal so they can go in and they can buy purchases that way. So I would say I would keep things separate for if, if you're going to purchase things, you know, on your credit card. So go into like Google and create a brand new Gmail account mm-hmm. or a Yahoo account or, or something like that. You may even be able to create extra uh, iCloud accounts without, I don't know uh, how it works with Apple, but um, create an extra account, not only, uh, do you have everything in one area? But if you have a problem, you know exactly where to look. You know it's only going to be attached to that email, mm-hmm. and it can affect your other email. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Addresses. Just try to keep them separate. Yep. So that's a good that's good advice. Um, setting the reminder when you when you order an app, you should just sort of make that as part of the process of ordering the app. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a great way, at least, to remind you that hey, you paid for this thing. In 30 days, you may not like it, and it gives you a reminder to to get rid of yeah, it. Yeah, that's a really good idea because I don't even know how many times <laughs> I've looked on my account, and I'm like, I'm still paying for this. <laughs> and and there, you know, there are I don't know the names, and I apologize. We'll we'll uh, I'll have Aaron. Maybe you can research that. We can put it in some of the show notes. But um, there are companies out there that will actually comb through all of your, you know, usernames and passwords and see what things you are paying for that you may not may not even be realizing. Um, so so check that out. This is a car podcast, so we should talk about cars for a few minutes. Um, one of the things I am noticing is just going, you know, there's so many people with so many different opinions and thoughts as to what the state of the auto industry is going to be in our new world order. And part of it is, well, you're starting to see a lot of ads on TV for new car uh, dealers offering 0% financing, deferred payments all the way up to 120 months, uh, anything that they can do to get you to buy that new car. And I'm not here to say that those things are wrong or they shouldn't offer those things. What I do want to say, though, is that as you consider those types of deals, you need to consider a couple other things also. And those things are... Um, well, 0%, who can argue with 0%? That's a, that's, you can't get any better than zero when it comes to paying back money. Mm -hmm. However, if you're buying a new car, that new car is going to depreciate pretty significantly the minute you drive it off the lot. And 
So it may still be a better deal to buy a pre-owned car at a one or two or maybe even a 3% interest rate and get that initial uh, depreciation out of the way and, and have that already paid for by someone else. So buying a pre-owned car should still really be an option for you and not just that sort of tunnel vision of 0%. I can get 0% on a new car, but I can't get that on a pre-owned car. Well, you may, you, you will still get a low interest rate on a pre-owned car these days. Um, and it would maybe a better bet because of the value. But even with, so when you see these ads for these deferred payments, I mean, that's always not a good idea too, because you're just pushing things further and further along. You're playing with fire because, uh, you know, whatever you defer now, you pay later, mm -hmm. right? And so what, what really happens in a situation where you are buying a new car, which already depreciates like 10% the minute you drive it off the dealer lot, then you defer your payments for 120 months. Well, in two years, let's say you want to get rid of that car, you want to trade it in, and you find that you're five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars upside down, which could very easily happen depending on different situations. That's where you have to just know that if you're deferring those payments now, they're going to catch up to you somewhere down the line. Um, so try and find a way if you're going to defer them now and and if you can't wait to purchase a vehicle, then try and find a way to make up those deferments even in little chunks over months, you know, coming coming up. That way you get back to even because you don't want to be stuck. In fact, one would argue that right now with the uncertainty of things with this virus and is it going to resurface and where are we going to be a year from now? Are we going to going to be looking back on this and uh, and just, you know, reminiscing or are we going to be still in the thick oh, of it? Yeah. You don't want to now be in a car that you can't get rid of because you owe way too much mm -hmm. on it. So you really want to try to keep yourself fluid when it comes to that. Uh, Pre-owned, <clears throat> where are pre-owned prices going to go? Like that's, that's the other thing we're hearing people saying, well, I'm going to hold off a little while because uh, you know, car prices are going to, we're going to be able to steal cars. Well, to be honest, I thought that too. Um, when this thing first hit, I thought no dealers, well, at first no dealers could even buy cars. I mean, everything was shut down the first couple weeks. No auto auctions were selling cars. Car dealers couldn't sell cars to consumers. So I think most people's first thought was, well, at some point, everybody's going to be desperate to sell their cars. And so you're going to see car prices really get aggressive uh, on the on the pre-owned market and maybe even on the new. Well, here's what's here's the real possibility that we're seeing. And that is that because of the virus, a lot of these car manufacturers have stopped making cars. Mm -hmm. So that flow, that sort of that steady stream of new cars keep coming off of the assembly line has halted. Mm -hmm. And therefore it's going to create this very weird gap of new cars coming in. And that means that car dealers are not going to have the amount of new cars to sell either on their lot or even ones that they can order in a timely fashion for someone mm -hmm. that is going to make the pre-owned cars stand up taller <laughs> from a value standpoint. Yeah. So what's possible is you could actually, there could be this time and, it, and we don't know whether that's starting right now and it's going to last a year or six months or even two years 
um, that pre-owned car sales. And it it is, to, I mean, there are some years that are going to be maybe more affected by this than others. And I think it's going to be more late model pre-owned cars. They could actually see a value spike, which is good and bad. So it's bad from the standpoint that when we're finding a car for someone, we might have a little bit more struggle in, you know, getting a great price. Mm-hmm. But I still think that the prices aren't going to be that ridiculous. But I don't think that there's going to be this windfall like we initially thought in pre-owned. I think that they're going to be propped up quite a bit, or at least uh, it may be an, an initial thing, and then it sort of flattens out. I think in a sum of words, things aren't going to be that much different than they were before this, uh, it, even though you would think that things are going to just flip upside down on their head. I do think that banks are going to work very hard with their uh, c- with their customers and with their dealers to make deals happen for people. So I do think interest rates are going to be really aggressive. They're going to be very aggressive on new cars. They're going to be very aggressive on pre-owned. Um, I do think deferral programs are going to be a new part of the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And I just warn people to be careful about deferring payments because it is something that eventually is going to catch up with you. Um, I do think that uh, some dealers are going to try to take advantage of people during the situation. And likewise, there are going to be real advantages for consumers dealing with the right dealers in this situation. So it's a, it's really going to be about being much more vigilant I don't think that there's going to be this scenario where cars are going to be like super cheap. Mm-hmm. I thought that that could happen. <laughs> but we haven't, we haven't been seeing it. I we mean, haven't seen it yet. Uh, and I don't think we're going to see it because what's now being talked about is the fact that the new cars, without them being available, it's going to make anything that's pre-owned. And we're talking late model stuff. So I, I think if you're looking at a car that's five years old or older, those prices probably aren't going to be affected too much. But um, cars that are, say, you know, 2017, 18, 19, 20, they're going to be pretty much right where they were before this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be held up a little bit stronger right now because that's what's available. So we're not seeing, too, the, the new cars for, like, you know, 2021. They're going to be even even later now. Right. So yeah, all so, these manufacturers have been making, you know, shields and masks and stuff like that for, um, for the pandemic. So most car companies come out with their, their next model year. So a 2021 vehicle would be typically available anytime from middle of August to say, um, middle of October. That's about when the new body styles the, mm-hmm. the or the new, uh, year model will come out for most car manufacturers. And I think you could see either that being delayed uh, and it goes into say first quarter of, of 2021 before you see those, or you start seeing them coming out in a much smaller amount. So there won't be as many available. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, a lot of dealers, there's going to be a lot more being done online. There's going to be a lot more being done by from the dealer online. There's going to be a lot more done from the consumer online. And I, I, I've said this before. I mean, we couldn't have asked for, so trying to find the bright side in, or, or the bright spot in these things, you know, 
this this pandemic has been horrible on so many levels. Um, but it couldn't have happened at a better time than in a time where we have things like the internet and Zoom and all and ways to order things online. But if imagine if this was 1980 and this was happening, it would be crazy. Yeah. You wouldn't have <laughs> smartphones or you wouldn't have anything. Yep. Um, we'd be happy to have electricity, but at least now we do have ways to do things over the internet. We can, um, for example, I'll let, I'll just talk about what, like how universal imports handles it. We have been selling cars for the most part, with the exception of the pause that, um, that the government asked us to, to adhere to, which we did. People call up, say what they want. We're finding it. We are uh, handling things over the phone and over the internet and over email. And that's just awesome. It's awesome for us. We get all this great information. It's all documented. We can send it to the customer. They can have time to digest it. There's no pressure. Um, it's great. Mm -hmm. We're finding that it's actually in some ways better. Uh, I mean, it's it would be wonderful if we could shake hands and, and be face-to-face, -face, but we can get all this information out to them. People can sit in their home, talk about it, figure it out. We can buy the car. We can get it delivered. I think that a company like ours, Universal Imports, really offers this nice balance of giving you that personal touch, but still being able to have all of the technology available to do a car deal virtually. Mm -hmm. uh, do everything online, everything on email, everything in pictures, and then boom, we have a real car sitting in front of you and you're driving it. Well, the good thing with us too is there's there's just the two of us. Right. So it's not like this huge sales department where, you know, things can kind of get misconstrued during this because I was actually talking to somebody you that have a I story, know. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, they went to a, a dealership and went to go test drive a car, but, you know, they were talking to the salesperson, didn't know that the dealership was closed. Um, so they went there, they were unable to test drive the car, you know, it, it turned into a, a bad experience for them, but right. you know, with, with that, I mean, and I think that the dealership felt bad about it, they but did, yeah. they have all these employees and nobody and everybody's still trying. And it's not just in the car industry. It's in a lot of places. Yeah. People are just trying to figure out what are we to do? Exactly. How are we going to handle this? Yeah. And you're right. What is nice about any company car cars or, or not, if it's a smaller company, you do have that ability to talk to either the owners or talk to people in management and work things out with them and, and that sort of thing. You know, one of the things that we've had challenges with, which I know most car dealers have, is the motor vehicle department. Well, the motor vehicle department is still, for the most part, shut down. If you're uh, an, an individual, a residential uh, deal at a motor vehicle department, it isn't going to happen right now. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's for us, that's probably the biggest difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of the way we do sales, it's, it's a little bit different in terms of, you know, we can't shake people's hand. Like you said, um, we, we can't do that personal kind of contact that, that right. we like to do. But the biggest thing for us is the, the DMV, I think, because yep. the way that we have to, you know, drop stuff off. It takes a little bit longer. Um, so it, that's just been a little bit different for us. Yeah. But right. That's, that's different. And, uh, one of the things I will tell people as they're looking at cars right now, if they're considering buying a car during this, I don't want to discourage. Of course, I do not want to discourage anybody 
from wanting to buy a car in this time. And in fact, I welcome you to call us if you have any questions. We'll help you in the research uh, to find the right car for you. Um, I just want to talk about the realities. The realities are, is I don't think that we're going to see these huge windfall numbers on pre-owned cars, like car prices are just going to be rock bottom. I don't really see that happening. Um, if you're buying a new car, it's not wrong to consider buying a new car. Uh, however, just realize that a new car depreciates much quicker than a pre-owned car does in that initial, you know, drive off the lot. Yep. Uh, if you drive a pre-owned car off the lot and you bought it at the right at the right amount, you won't depreciate at all the next day. Mm-hmm. A new car, you will, theoretically. Yep. Um, so take that into account when you are considering something like a 0% financing. Is that a better deal than buying that car, say, two years old and saving, you know, potentially 20 or 25% off the new car price? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to be back in just a minute. We're just going to have a quick commercial break, and uh, we'll be right back from our sponsors, Universal Imports and Motul Lubricants. Well, I've been doing business with Mark and my friends at Universal for over 20 years. Great vehicles, fantastic service, and they're always there when I need them. I like the experience at Universal so much that I've referred friends to them over the years and everybody's been happy with their service. We want you to be Universal Imports' next satisfied customer. Visit us at universalimports.com. Moltool is the official sponsor of the Grease and Glamour podcast. Established in 1853, Moltool has grown to become a recognized leader in lubricant technology. Racing teams around the world have trusted Moltool to deliver the endurance and performance needed to compete at the highest level. Even if you're not racing on the track, Moltool's full range of synthetic lubricants will protect your engine against wear and tear of your daily commute. Stop by Universal Imports to purchase Moltool's line of products today. Okay, we're back. Um, so we were talking about dealer fees uh, when you're looking online at cars. So you might find a car, say, in a different state, and it be, it could be $2,000. Aaron and I get tricked by this all the time. <laughs> it could be $2,000 less than anything you're seeing right in your own town. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm like already routing my map to this place yeah. in Connecticut or New Jersey or wherever. And lo and behold, you call up and you find out that that is the price. However, you have to use their financing mm-hmm. and you have to pay a documentation fee of sometimes up to $2,000. I think that that's the biggest thing for, for us when we have customers that are looking for cars. And, you know, you go on these sites and sometimes the, the lowest price you know, isn't the best because sometimes it has accidents that you can't see, but right. most of the time it has these fees, which they don't say right on, you know, cars.com or auto right. trader. So it's you have to really, be really hard careful. to find those fees. It is. Some of the dealers, even in New York state, since they can't charge the dock fees, they will put on a lower price, but they will say that is with no trade-in, that is with using our financing, that is with buying our warranty. Or cash so, down. Yeah. So you really have to check it out. I mean, most legit places I don't think would do that because that's really just deceiving a customer and eventually you're going to be saying, yeah, that's not really what our deal is. Mm -hmm. Um, So make that phone call. 
there is actually a website. You can Google search it, and that is what the average dock fees on a car are per state. And surprisingly, I, I think some of the states, not just some of the ones that border New York are yeah. 1500 or or even up to $2,000. Yeah. And that's their average documentation fee per car that they sell. So the, the car that was right down the street from you all along might have been the better deal, even mm-hmm. though it didn't look that way initially online. Very true. And you mentioned Carfax. I mean, there, there is no better vehicle history reporting service than Carfax. We were one of the first car dealers in Rochester to use Carfax. We still use Carfax. They are a wonderful resource. We wouldn't actually even dream of buying any vehicle without running a Carfax history report. Mm-hmm. And not every Carfax that has an accident on it means you should completely stay away from that car. Yeah. I mean, Carfax has changed kind of their algorithm with um, what you'll see. So a lot of times they'll say no accidents, but it'll say damage reported, which could be anything from a a scratch to a dent. By the way, um, you know, when you go to get your car evaluated for a trade-in, don't right away let them come to you with saying, well, we can only give you this much for the car because it has an accident report on there. A couple things you can do to combat that is that if you were the one that was involved in that accident and have the repair history from the body shop that you worked with, just supply that. A lot of why a dealer won't put more money into an accident is because they have no way of explaining what was done. If there's a way of knowing what the accident was, uh, it may diffuse the whole possibility of the car being devalued because of it. So keep those records. It's very it's important to keep your maintenance records and your repair records. It's very important to keep any type of collision records so that you could say this is what was done, it was done properly, it was not that major because sometimes on a Carfax it can look more major mm-hmm. than it really is. It can also go the other way too. So keep those keep those receipts. Plus the better Carfax gets and they keep getting better at reporting because they have so many agencies in which report to them from police departments mm-hmm. to insurance companies to, um, I mean, just a, a whole, there's a whole lot of other uh, sources they use to get their information. You're going to find more and more cars that have something on mm-hmm. their history that at the very least should cause some, uh, you know, research. So uh, just don't right away get roped into that. Well, your car is worth almost nothing because it has a, a, an accident on the, on the history report. If, if, uh, if it's a good dealer, they can probably figure out what was done. Uh, and if you have the receipts or paperwork from what was done, that will really help to, to potentially diffuse a situation where you're going to get a lot less for your vehicle. Yeah. So I guess just, do your due diligence and, yep. you know, do research when you're, when you're looking for a car, when you're looking to, to sell your car, just so you know everything going into it. Right. Um, as far as trying to do your own deals right now, so people buying cars person to person, nothing wrong with that, of course. Uh, make sure you really have to do your due diligence in checking those cars over, but just realize that the motor vehicle department is not working like it normally does. And that could cause some problems in getting a car registered. You can certainly 
I always suggest if, if you're ever anybody that's ever worked with us or want to work with Universal Imports, you can call Aaron or myself mm -hmm. and we will um, we will be glad to help figure out the best way to handle something for you, even if it doesn't benefit us right now. We we know that our the benefit to us is um, showing you that we are a car authority and that then you will want to come to us, whether it's just for car repairs or to buy your next car, we're happy with either. Um, and we do this podcast out of our love for the automotive business, out of the love for our customers, and out of the love for our future customers. So um, this is just another way that we're trying to sort of be on the cutting edge of the auto industry and give you some hopefully um, useful information when you go into your next car purchase. But also... Aside from cars, you know, we talk about this other stuff, you know, mm -hmm. apps on your phone. And these are, these are things that I, I wake up and I think about. And I'm like, oh, we should, we should. I just thought of this. And I'm sure a lot of people have also thought of this, along. but maybe some haven't yet. So we'll, we'll bring it up and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so we've been kind of during this quarantine period, we've been trying to figure out different ways to, you know, help. Our, our customers and, you know, our followers too, um, like, like the podcast we did on cleaning your cars. So just keep up with our Facebook page. We have an Instagram page as well, um, Universal Imports of Rochester, and just, you know, check out what's going on here. And if you guys want to hear anything, or if you have questions on anything, just, just shoot us, you know, a comment and let us know what you want to hear. Yep. We'll uh, try and get that information out. And, uh, we just hope you have a beautiful day and uh, we hope that everybody stays safe and that uh, this next phase of the reopening goes well and that sooner than later we'll be back to what I like to call our new world order <laughs> and hopefully it'll be an acceptable one. Until next time, I'm Mark. I'm Aaron. Have a great one. Visit universalimports.com for any of your car needs. Thank you. Bye.